True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Sometimes I wonder if there's anyone crazier than my mom. And it turns out there is. Ready, Freddie? Let's do this. So then let's do that. <laughs> That's from Till Death Do Us. I was part. like, what is that from? What's Francine that? will know. The Carmen Electra and Dave Navarro reality oh show. Oh my god. We let's throw that. I was obsessed. We were I was obsessed with that oh, show. We, I, I still I'm obsessed that. with every reality show, basically. So Janine and Francine were like best friends up until I turned 21 and then me and Janine became best friends. Yeah. But before that, it was always them two and they would watch like the fucking Nick and Jessica. Yes. Um, Till Death Do Us Part and... Um, the Simple Life. The yes. Simple Life. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was the fucking best. Yeah. We even... Oh, and don't forget Meet the Barkers. Duh. Mm-mm. The Osborne and Shayna. Oh, the Osborne's? I have, the, I, the only one I have that on DVD. Season one. I have I have newlyweds <laughs> and till death do us part. I we wished we Francine and I still wish fucking Meet the Barkers um came out. Sometimes I'll watch it on YouTube and it's really shitty quality, but it still is like so cute. Yeah. So Travis and Shanna don't talk, huh? No, they like hate each other. Why? I don't know. Why does any ex hate but the other? But doesn't he still like claim Atiana as his own? Mm-hmm. That's Which cute. is the cutest fucking thing ever. And she's still like, happy birth- uh, happy Father's Day or happy birthday, Dad. Like, I love you so much. And her dad don't give a fuck, huh? He wasn't, I don't know. From the things he's told me. <laughs> 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 when we idiot. talk, um, you know, it's yeah. different. But I haven't talked to him in a while. Apparently, neither has she. Oh my god! I swear, my life is so sad. I'm, I'm like, I'm like partially laughing because when you said it, like it didn't even like. I was, I was like, I found it so I was real. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. All right, Eileen is into these fucking hot cheetos right well now. she's like celebrating because she's like done. She's, she's like, done. Yes, hot cheetos. Living life. I'm done. <laughs> I'm waiting for my Mexican Coke to get cold in the freezer. Oh, I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Ready. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I can't clap because I have to hold my so, mic. So, hi. I wanted to be in drill team when I was in junior high. You should have done it. Oh, God. My parents didn't want me to. Why? Why? Because my mom says she used to beat up cheerleaders when she was my age. So she's like, mm, no She thanks. still does. I know. That's why. Rude. I feel personally <laughs> attacked right now. 
literally literally personally attacked literally feel personally attacked um spencer and i had like a full-on conversation in the car yesterday on the way to his parents house talking like like um chris (laughs) chris trager (laughs) bless his heart you're a what's you're a night guardian too (laughs) yeah dr richard nygaard yeah he's like you're a night guardian too um man parks is so fucking good i'm still not like through it but i i am enough to where i have reference material <laughs> yeah we're like what have you watched i don't remember to? it we haven't watched it in a minute so i'd have to look where i want to re-watch it from the beginning with the kid and he hates like the first and second season i love it from the very beginning because leslie just is so much more annoying. i, f- I want to say that we're kind of skipping around a little bit because spencer's kind of showing oh, okay. me like the episodes that he feels like I'll like the most. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I like, oh man, I like the whole thing. Yeah. It's, I love it. We have, so much. in Ocala, we have a Harvest Fest and I really want to get my hands on it. No. Yes, we do. I know. So, trust oh, me. Trust my God. me. <laughs> when I met with Parks and Rec and they said, oh yeah, and yeah. then this is when Harvest Fest was, I was like, yeah, I was like in no. Parks and Recreation, Leslie puts together like a harvest festival and it's supposed to like bring in revenue to the town and just kind of like create like a community, like a bigger community atmosphere. And that's like at the time, like one of her biggest accom- accomplishments yeah. is like the harvest festival. And then I and want so I really wanted to ask them if they have little Sebastian there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say like, but did they have little Sebastian? You have to watch it. You don't like that. Really, yeah. It's funny though. Doesn't like, like those. I don't. I don't. Good. I'm not like a big fan of like The Office or anything like that. But I like this one. <clears throat> it's good. I like watching the outtakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are good. And what's his name is so good in it. Um, Chris Pratt. Oh. Like I love Andy Dwyer oh, like so hilarious. much. He's the best. Him and April are just so perfect. Kim Kardashian. Well, in the in the movie, she had she had come on her back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and when I wipe, it's just like a marker. It just keeps going and going and going. And I think I'm done, and it's like still poop. It's still yeah. Poop. <laughs> or like, oh, and I put up your symptoms in this web browser, and it says you may have network connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God bless Andy Dwyer. Um, Chris Pratt, we know you're listening. Reach out. Yes. We want to talk. Congratulations on your pounds. nuptials. Bring back your character to the governor's data. That was my attempt. <laughs> I was going to let it pass, but you're the one who put yourself on blast. So. Oh, God. That was so bad. Governor's data. Congratulations. This is why I could never be a fucking actor in any capacity. Okay, are we going to start this? I'm waiting on you. It's your episode. Wow. I'm just so nervous. I'm like lollygagging the entire time. So, um, welcome. Hi. Welcome to True Crime Girls. Let's get this shit done. We have things to go by. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, If this is your first episode, um, that's weird because it's the second to last one of the season. So that's um, cool. But maybe you should go listen to all the rest. Why are you talking like Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle? I never watched that show. I don't I remember that show. But he's like, he, he like takes a deep breath. He's like, hi, Malcolm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today, 
Maybe I'm like feeling Janine's nervous energy. But I'm why would I be feeling Janine's nervous. nervous energy? Because it's Janine's episode. Oh. Uh. Enter Tina Belcher's uh, <laughs> here. Who's Tina Belcher? Get the fuck out of this house. <laughs> this is my house. From Bob's Burgers. Yeah. I've never even seen Bob's oh. Burgers, and I still know at least the reference material from it. Nope. Eileen, Bob's, the first fucking episode is about human flesh. The only Bob I know is the builder. <laughs> oh my God. Bob the builder. Or Bob Borland. Or Bob what? Borland. No. Is that his name, Bob Borland? Bob. Bob's Burgers. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Bob's Burgers is. Amazing. Bob Borland? Is that his name? Bob Borland. I wish it was real. I wish that family existed. Like, in real life. I would want them to adopt me. Oh, no. Al Borland is his name. Al Borland. Al Borland. Is that the neighbor? Yeah. No, that's the, um, the, his best friend. Oh. The neighbor is... <gasps> oh, that's right. That's right. What's He's the, the bearded name? one. Steve. No. Wayne. Jeff. Phil. No. What's the name? What's the name of the um, show? Home Improvement. What's the What's the neighbor's name, Kyle? Do you know off the top of your head? No. Jeff. No, I said Jeff. Wilson. Wilson. That's what it is. His name is, his name is Wilson Wilson Jr. <laughs> it was bothering me because I literally just mentioned his name like a week ago at work. <laughs> That's fucking random. Well, because the way I had my computer set up, when anyone would walk in, oh. like I would have to like pop up, and so yeah. I finally moved it. I was like, I don't have to be Wilson anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hello. Um. So yes, this is my episode. I'm very nervous, but I'm also very excited because I've been wanting to do this story since the very beginning, and I never thought. Do I know what you're it doing? Would um i don't think i don't so. think so but it's in florida oh shit it's based in florida okay. yeah oh my god janine you started on florida and you're ending on florida oh <laughs> yeah this one's gonna be a good one um so one of my favorite fucking documentaries ever cocaine cowboys um, I've watched it a ton of fucking times, and I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, this bitch is a fucking badass. And the way just a lot of people fucking idolize or think Pablo Escobar is a badass, same thing, terrible person, badass execution, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just her story is like incredible. That whole time, like that whole cocaine war cocaine time just in just general cocaine. like in the 70s and 80s yeah just cocaine's amazing <laughs> all of a sudden it's like transition this is a drug podcast no um so i've been wanting to do this for a while and i thought i'd tackle it today so no pressure janine got this um yeah uh okay. yeah you're so enthusiastic i because i'm nervous okay so Known as La Madrina, the Black Widow, the Cocaine Godmother, and the Queen of Narco Trafficking. Hugely responsible for the cocaine wars of Miami in the 80s and the mastermind behind an estimated 200 murders, Griselda Blanco Restrepo 
was born uh, February 15th, 1943 in Santa Marta, Colombia. Colombia. Um, as you can imagine, being born and growing up in Colombia during a time of unrest, she had a rough and impoverished upbringing. Um, at the age of three, her mom moved them to Medellin, where Griselda Blanco would begin her life of crime at a very, very early age. So one of the biggest stories that kind of like follows her around isn't verified, but it's basically, we can say allegedly. So allegedly, at the age of 11, she kidnapped a young boy for a ransom and eventually shot and killed the boy herself after, yeah, after the boy's wealthy family refused to pay the ransom. So Like all um, on her own or was she like directed to do so? No, on her own. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, girl. Yeah. So she started her life of crime very early and it was more of a means of survival. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of began to become like means of like authority Uh and like respect. She was kind of like, these guys are going to fucking respect me and I'm just, I'm a bad bitch and they're going to fucking know it. Yeah. Um, This has not been verified or denied um, officially by Griselda. Um, however, in anything you see or read about her, this is a story that comes up in every article and like little documentary sp- uh, snippet that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, she had began sex work and pickpocketing before she was a teenager to make ends meet. Still living with her mother at this time, she was subject to sexual assaults from her mother's boyfriend. At the age of 16, she resorted to more crime and looting in Medellin until about the age of 20. Um, Still in Colombia, she met her first husband, Carlos Trujillo. Griselda had three children with her first husband, Dixon, Uber, and Osvaldo. Uber? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Before his time. In the 70s, yeah. In the 70s, they moved their family to New York, where she slowly but surely began building her empire. Um, She and Carlos began creating bogus documents to help bring more Colombians to the U.S. So the way I understood it, it was like they were just trying to smuggle more Colombians into the U.S. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of them were also just like going to be employees for them to help them like run the shit that they were doing in New York. Um, And then while in New York, Carlos just mysteriously, mysteriously died. We don't know quite how, um, but it's believed that Griselda killed him or had him killed Whoa. once she was done, like, with what she needed him to do. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Griselda married again her second husband named Alberto Bravo was also a criminal from Medellin, which is super cute because so so was she. Um, And he joined her in New York where they began in the cocaine trade in Manhattan. So at this time, keep in mind, this is like the disco era. This is the time of Studio 54. Mm -hmm. This is like the time to be alive and cocaine was like the drug to Mm do. Um, this was for like the high class and if you had a status or a reputation of any sort to upkeep, like you were doing fucking cocaine. Um, it wasn't just like a fucking peasant drug, like the way it is now. You can just basically get it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like this was like high class shit. 
Um, at this time, the supply could not keep up with the high demand of Coke. Um, no one really thought at this time, like no one really thought cocaine was harmful. There was the belief that it wasn't addictive. It wasn't dangerous. And the only like real downside was maybe being like a little stuffed up after doing Coke all night. So why not fucking do it? Like, there was no, yeah, there was no like immediate risk. Like people weren't fucking like, there, the only real thing is just like it kept you up all night like mm-hmm. it was just more fun it helped you you know be more alive so how could it be bad for you <laughs> Duh. Um, yeah it's because of this belief that helped drive the market and within a year of coming to New York Griselda and her husband were importing over 100 kilos a year Oof. Um, and it was straight from fucking Colombia like there was no like middleman like homegirl was running this shit like for real, for real. Um, smuggling drugs from Colombia was not as tough as it is now. Um, however, it also like wasn't easy. She was innovative as fuck. She she just didn't use like the normal mule methods. She needed to bring in hella coke, so she needed to get like hella crafty. Mm-hmm. Um, she designed and manufactured special garments and girdles for the girls who were bringing over the drugs. Ow. <laughs> what <My> just <laughs> happened? <laughs> she stepped on the headphones and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Um, oh. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. She designed and manufactured special garments and girdles with like secret pockets to help smuggling easier or like less conspicuous. Mm-hmm. Um, she hollowed out hangers, like clothes hangers, wooden hangers, and filled them with Coke. Whoa. She hollowed out shipping pallets and filled that with Coke. She had, and then she began having the lining of shipping containers fashioned in a way that the entire lining of the container was filled with Coke. Whoa. And it was still shipping, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, like whatever merchandise. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the whole inside of the container would be lined with cocaine. Holy shit. Yeah, she was, like, in it to fucking win it. Um, She was not dumb, and she was determined and driven as fuck. Mm -hmm. So, in 1975, her and her husband... No, she, her husband, and 30 of their employees at the time were indicted on federal drug conspiracy charges after seizing the biggest cocaine bust in history at that time, which was 150 kilos um, in one hit. So this was called, um, this was actually like a sting operation. It was called Operation Banshee. It was created by the DEA and NYC Police Department to target drug importation. Um, So they're the ones that were like responsible for the raid. Mm -hmm. They were determined to try to bring an end to this insane influx of cocaine that was going on. At this time, I wouldn't say it was an epidemic, but it was definitely becoming a problem. So they were just like trying to stop it at all costs. So after this, Homegirl successfully flees back to Colombia. And instead of trying to lay low and like, okay, I made my money, I got out, like, we'll just, you know, kind of like call it quits from here. Mm-hmm. No. It, she keeps those little wheels in her head turning. And two years later, she sets her sights on beautiful Miami. Okay. So the. The arrest happened in 1975. So still, she fled the same year. 
1975, Griselda, back in Colombia, um, she confronts her husband in a nightclub in Bogota uh, regarding millions of, millions of dollars that were missing from their business. So according to Wikipedia, a, sh- a shootout ensued in the parking lot of this like nightclub or whatever. Um, her second husband, Alberto Bravo, and six bodyguards lay dead. Griselda suffered a minor gunshot to her stomach <laughs> and recovered shortly thereafter. So there was a huge fucking shootout. Uh, seven people are dead, and she just kind of like basically walks away from oh, it. Oh, yeah, as you do. Yeah, so there's a movie. Um, I forgot what it was called. What was it called? What, what's her name? Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Let's come back to that. So Eileen was telling me, I there's a movie on Prime right now um, with Catherine Zeta-Jones playing Griselda Blanco, mm-hmm. and I didn't watch it because I wasn't interested, but Eileen said Cocaine she... Cocaine Godmother. Cocaine Godmother. Um, in the movie, or whatever it is, I think it's like a series, um, they portray it as she does kill him in the club, but she kills him in the club and like kills him and some girl that he's fucking at the time. Um, so either way, he died at her hands. Right. So that's number that's husband number two now dead <laughs> by her, allegedly. We'll come back to that. <laughs> so we're in 1975. I'm gonna briefly jump ahead just to get some personal stuff out of the mm-hmm. way. So Griselda married a third time. Um, this husband's name was Dario Sepulveda. They had a son who's now her fourth son and most cherished. His name is Michael Corleone Blanco. Yes, named after that. I was like, wait. Yeah. But in 1983, Dario left Griselda. He returned to Colombia and kidnapped their son after a custody disagreement. And Griselda was not having it. So she had his ass killed and her son brought back to Colombia. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like the solution to so all her problems. Had his ass killed. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that. <laughs> um, so she got her son back to Colombia with her. Um, so that's three husbands dead. And that's how she got one of her nicknames, the Black Widow. So moving along. Uh, 1977, she's in Miami. Um, at this time, she's not just like kind of a mule importing cocaine. Um, she's like a badass, full-fledged fucking boss bitch now. She's the bitch. Um, literally. So, okay. The best part about her coming back to the United States. So, after she was arrested in 1975, she fled, right? She fled back to fucking Columbia. There was a national federal fucking warrant out for her. And she came back to the United States when she came to Miami under her same, her real name, Griselda Blanco. Like she did not give a fuck. And when she came back to Miami, nobody put anything, like nobody put two and two together. Like they just let it kind of like fly under the radar. Like nobody bat a fucking eye. Okay. Um, So she's back in Miami in 1977 between 1977 and 1989, Griselda was the most vicious or behind one of the most vicious drug gangs. Um, in 1979, she was responsible for the bloodiest shootout in Miami history at that time. The Dadeland Mall shootout left the city's residents and police force shaken to the core. They'd never seen anything like it. 
and she basically fashioned like a Brinks type truck with holes like to shoot out Mm -hmm. of. And at the time, they'd never like really seen anything like that, especially for such a vicious reason. Like um, it was just a hit that she put out and it was like at all costs. These people have to die. Like it doesn't fucking matter where they are or how you do it. Like just kill them. Can you imagine? (laughs) It was like total fucking anarchy. Like it was insane. Um, another thing she was credited for, so that was like the first time they'd ever seen anything like that. Um, she also implemented more, hello, motorcycle (laughs) drive-by shootings. So she would have two people on a motorcycle. The one guy would be driving. The second guy, like the passenger would be like the shooter. Wow. So they would just like roll up to restaurants, houses, fucking cars on the street and just like open fire. Wow. Um, Yeah. In by 1980, Miami was no longer this beautiful, sunny place to vacation. It had now become the murder capital of the U.S. It was dangerous as fuck. Um, the most and there was like now this is like a drug epidemic. Mm-hmm. Now it's like it's coming into Miami. It's going to New York. It's going all the way to the West Coast over to California. Like it's just everywhere. Like from Miami, she's just importing everywhere. It's distributing mm-hmm. everywhere. Um the most feared kingpin in the u.s was an actual fucking queen and she wasn't gonna let anyone get in the way with that with any okay you got it she wasn't gonna let anybody get in the way of that without a fight miami had a lawless and corrupt atmosphere primarily created by her ruthless operations that led to the gangsters being dubbed the cocaine cowboys and their violent way of doing business was ruining the city um Again, she had no discretion when it came to killing if you were out to dinner with business associates or family um, and she wanted you dead, then she wanted you dead. And unfortunately, anybody that was with you was going to also be shot down. Um, If she owed you money and didn't want to pay you, she'd kill you. If you owed her money and you didn't pay her, she'd kill you. So either way, you were fucked. Yeah. Like if you were doing business with her, you better be fucking walking. Well, and then I was like, oh shit! Like even if you didn't want to do business with you, she'd probably still just kill you. <laughs> so it's like no matter yeah. what. Yeah. It was like <laughs> it was crazy because even like the people that were closest to her, if you did like one thing wrong, like you were done. If she sent you out for a hit and um, you didn't come back with the proof that she needed was which was normally like an ear or a finger like you were in trouble like there's no fucking way around wow. it um How terrifying what a terrifying yeah. way to live <laughs> she was she was crazy like i think at this point she kind of like lost it um mm-hmm. she was dipping into her own supply so she was like a full-on fucking addict yeah. and she was she was snorting the cocaine and then she was like smoking some special like tight there's a name i fucking forgot but it's like unrefined like cocaine or something Mm -hmm. like it was just extra fucking heavy shit um there are countless stories of innocent uh, bystanders dying including children because they were basically just victims of the wrong place wrong time shit um bodies were strewn across miami at the bloodiest time in the city's history if you've seen cocaine cowboys uh which again is like an amazing documentary there's part one and part two um then you know like you'll never forget those visuals and like if there's any documentary or whatever on that subject or griselda blanco like 
it's the same thing there's just bodies everywhere mm-hmm. like in the street on the side of the highways like they would just dump them Ugh. um it was like insane yeah. um so her distribution network which spanned again the entire u.s brought in 80 million dollars a month so not very much so not it was okay <laughs> they were it doing a okay. decent living so I used an inflation calculator. I just Googled it really quick. And this was a uh, like a purchase. Like if I bought something for this much in this mm-hmm. year, what would it be mm-hmm. now? So I don't know how accurate it is, but um, this is $80 million, um, 80 million US dollars in a month in the 80s. That translates to roughly $248 million today, a month. Again. And Eileen calculated so for me. That's roughly $2.9 billion a year mm. in one year. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> well, if yeah, anyone we wants to. Uh, from this, so, <laughs> yeah. We make like $2.9 a year. <laughs> that goes straight into um, like all of our podcasting. <laughs> I know. I actually think I'm like negative because you know what we're making from like the microphones. Oh, yeah. we're definitely my I'm pens, severely negative. My notebook, <laughs> yeah, for sure. My notebook. Um, I just realized what my notebook. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, so she was making like a decent living. Uh, yeah. Like you okay. know, just a not a big deal, just a millionaire. Um, billionaire billionaire yeah because she was doing this yeah. for quite some fucking time when i told jenny the number she's like kylie who yeah kylie jenner uh, who? <laughs> billionaire who oh yeah. sorry not kylie who kylie jenner who <laughs> yeah. sorry, I, I literally forgot your name was kylie <laughs> for like wow. 30 seconds i literally forgot your name was kylie i'm a billionaire um, for sure. yeah totally yeah that's why you moved to florida <laughs> yeah because i could for, afford to buy out your estate yeah. um Okay, so her violent business style brought government scrutiny to South Florida, um, leading to the demise of her organization and, at the time, the freewheeling and high-profile Miami drug scene. In 1984, uh, Blanco's willingness to use violence against her Miami competitors or anyone else who displeased her led her rivals to make repeated attempts to assassinate her. So, basically, she'd become such a liability to the trade that other dealers um, got together and decided to kill her. So, (laughs) she was she was too high profile and too violent for the violent criminals in Miami at that time. So, um, after six assassination attempts, they were still fucking unsuccessful. Like she would just not die. Wow. Um, in an attempt to escape the hits that were called on her, she fled to California. So she kind of like got out when she could, um, before she was like arrested again or indicted uh-huh. on like any other charges. Um, and she fled to California. So in California, she was apparently still running her business, just like not at all at the scale that it was at previously. Uh-huh. And of course, um, like in all great stories, she found God. Okay. So, 
The FBI and the DEA were not done with her, and she needed to pay for the devastation she left behind um, when she fled Miami. And in 1985, she was arrested in her home and held without bail. In an interview I watched, um, they said that she looked like just a sweet, innocent, older woman um, reading her Bible at home when they arrested her. Wow. She looked, that's yeah, a, she looked like super harmless, like just a regular church-going lady. That's a change. I know. Um, because the drug laws at this time were nowhere anywhere near what they are Mm -hmm. now she was sentenced to a little over 10 years in jail so for this arrest she wasn't um charged or indicted on any murders at the time like this was strictly for drug is that because they couldn't prove it or they couldn't prove anything they couldn't find anything um and I'm sure they had, I, I'm sure they knew, like, she was responsible Yeah, but they, for I mean, there's only so much that you can do if you can't shit. actually, like, prove it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to get an informant or anybody to kind of, like, snitch her out. Imagine. Um, because, again, she was still pretty high profile. Like, she still had a lot of people on her side. She was still running this business, maybe not at the scale it was mm-hmm. previously, Um but, you know, she still had her connections and they weren't willing to turn her over mm-hmm. or, you know, rat her out in any way. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, so she was sentenced to a little over 10 years in jail. Um, again, she wasn't indicted on any murder charges. This was strictly revolving, revolving regarding her involvement with the importing and distribution of cocaine. Okay. Um, at one point, the Miami-Dade state attorney's office did have an informant and did have sufficient evidence to charge her on three murders um however that fell through due to a phone sex scandal between the informant they depended on and a female secretary in the da's office oh so when that kind of like exploded his credibility just went down the Uh shitter and a lot of people think that this was kind of like his way of um i don't know maybe like fucking it up for her Uh a little bit like because they were so close to getting murder charges on her which would have put her away forever um on top of like everything else that she was involved in um and they just they couldn't like there was just no credibility Uh there um so she never got charged um, wow. with any murders, although the estimates, like I had stated in the beginning, were over uh, well over 200 victims, um, including the people she had like actual hits mm-hmm. out for, people she like assassinated, paid to kill, um, her husband's innocent bystanders, like well over 200 people. Wow. She's, yeah. And there were some people that she killed herself. Like, if, you know, she didn't want anybody else to do it, if it was somebody that she, like, truly was like, you know what? This is a big fuck you. I'm going to do this shit myself. Um, She did. And it wasn't, it didn't matter, women, children, men. Like, if she wanted you dead, she wanted you fucking dead. Wow. Um, So, yeah. So, those murder charges fell through. Um. She received a ridiculously small sentence, like I said, which she served, and she was actually released in 2004. Okay. Um, 
So between 2004 and, um, well, at the time of her release, she was deported back to Medellin. Um, she lived a seemingly quiet and recluse life. A lot of the documentation kind of ends there. We don't really know like what she was doing. Um, they think she may have still been like behind some trafficking or some crimes, but it was not like definitely not at the level that it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, there was just like sightings here and there, nothing, you know, really huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and as luck and irony would have it, in 2012, at the age of 69, hey, like Typhoid Mary. Whoa. All um, right, so now I need to find one. That- <laughs> <laughs> they die at 69. Yep. Um, at the age of 69, Griselda was killed by a drive-by <gasps> motorcyclist in Medellin, Colombia. Oh, my God. What's the odds? Mm. Ew. Mm-hmm. Do they know why? Yep. Do they know who? Do they know anything? Um, they don't. Was it meant for her? No, was I it like. Think, yeah. Okay. 100%. Um, so this one, they say it was a drive-by motorcyclist, which essentially it was, but she was like at a meat market, mm-hmm. um, buying, you know, whatever. Um, so the motorcycle pulled up, the guy walked out, shot her, I believe two times in the head, calmly walked out, got back on the motorcycle and drove off. <sighs> Yeah, so the hit was definitely out on her. Um, I think she kind of double-dipped a lot. So, you know, she didn't have, like, the best people on her bad side. And, um, yeah, so they fucking ended her back basically at home because she moved there when she was three. So she kind of grew up there. Uh, Whoa. And with a motorcycle, too. (laughs) Yep. Um, So she... She's basically like the fucking godmother of godmother of cocaine. A lot of there's a lot of debate on um, Pablo Escobar being one of her protégés. A lot of people said that he got to where if he he wouldn't be where he was um, if it wasn't for her. Okay, and there's a lot of conflicting stories that because like he learned from her. Yeah, because he um, learned a lot of the trade from her and kind of like the secrets uh-huh. and brutality and stuff. But then there's also stories that they were huge rivals. And it could I have mean, been both, though. Yeah. Like, so, you know, like, I don't know. Because, um, like, think about it. Like, if you, if you have this young kid who's like learning the trade from you and mm-hmm. then they decide to go off on their own, then that becomes, yeah, he learned like a lot from her, but then now. They're huge yeah. rivals, you know? And he was huge in Medellin. Um, he he didn't, like, live in the U.S. the way she mm-hmm. did. So she kind of, like, built her empire here. Mm-hmm. And he built his empire there. He kind of, like, everything was, right. you know, strictly from Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait, if he learned from her and he built his empire from her, does that mean that his empire strike back? <laughs> Oh my god, Eileen. I was like, where is this going? You really like that one. I knew you were gonna fucking go there and I'm just like, no, don't go there, don't go there. His yes. Empire Strikes Back. His yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um I was like, where is this? But yeah, going? she <laughs> um so there's kind of like that debate that uh-huh. if it wasn't for her, there wouldn't be him. Okay. But regardless, I mean they were fucking monsters. Like they incredible business, you know, yeah. people, but 
monsters nonetheless um and just as brutal like if you watch narcos you know the fucking story or if you know anything about yeah. Pablo fucking Escobar, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know how fucking brutal that shit yeah. was and she was just the same like there was no and like in miami they couldn't fucking believe that it was this little woman i mean like she's a super cute little like older woman like it just looks like you know she'd invite you over for fucking dinner like she yeah was she so would and then she freaking kill you yeah and they could not believe that it was a woman behind all this brutality that was like tearing up miami at the time uh, and the u.s really because it was like insane yeah um but yeah she was a psycho i think she kind of like started losing it at the end again like i said she was an addict so she was um constantly fucking high and she even though she was married she was reported to be bisexual and she would force men and women to have sex with her oh. at gunpoint oh <laughs> she would like orchestrate That's, orgies at so gunpoint. she was super romantic and yes <laughs> Yes, a hopeless romantic, 100%. You never get in a bed without a loaded gun. Yeah. It's, it's what I've like always been told. To live by. It's just common. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's pure insanity. Like, she is a monster, but she's badass. Like, she fucking, she went down. She went down. <laughs> so you mentioned the, are you going to mention more movies? Yes. Okay. So, um, the, if you like documentary types, um, cocaine cowboys and cocaine cowboys to a fucking plus, I believe the guy's the director's name is Billy Corbin, Billy Corbin. Um, amazing. Like he, his, um, documentary style is amazing. Um, there are, uh, let's see, let's see. There's the Catherine Zeta-Jones one, uh, Cocaine cocaine Godmother. There is apparently an HBO um, film developing. Is that Jennifer Lopez? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With Jennifer Lopez um, set to play her. There's an unreleased film titled The Godmother, um, which is supposed to portray her in like her earlier years. Um, It says her teen years, so I don't know if that will be in um medellin or in the u.s and a lot of rappers of course um reference her in like songs and albums and stuff so the game um jackie o little kim migos um they all have like Griselda blanco or blanco references to that yeah there's um a drunk history episode about her um I guess she was, oh, I was going to say she was in Gotham. Um, it said that Jada Pinkett Smith used her um, kind of like as for inspiration Fish Mooney? or model. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Okay, you know what? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, all right. She was like, she yeah. was like a bitch, yeah. So she's, I mean, she's a huge fixation in pop culture in um drug culture and in this kind of like true crime world um if you're into that kind of stuff like mobby stuff narco stuff and you don't know about her then i'm sorry but i've been wanting (laughs) to cover her for a really fucking long time yeah (laughs) because 
as soon as I saw Cocaine Cowboys, I'm like, dude, this bitch is badass. Like, she is fucking unrelenting, heartless, ruthless fucking bitch. Um, But she was a businesswoman, and she saw an opportunity, and she fucking banked on it. Like, hardcore. Yeah. So that's that's my take on Griselda Blanco. That's good. I didn't know a lot about her, so... You know. Yeah, she's um, the Miami Drug Wars man. That mm-hmm. was insane. Dang. Cocaine Cowboys is I know, I, I, I have too. to watch that. I've never watched it before. It's amazing. Um, So I Googled it, and um, it says that it's on Amazon Prime, but I couldn't find okay. it. Um, it is on YouTube, but you have to pay for it. I think it's it like was like it. four or yeah. six bucks or something. Yeah. And I just didn't want to. So <laughs> I was like, eh, I'm not going to rewatch Fair it. Enough. But I know the second, um, the first one kind of like encompasses everything that was going on. And the second one focuses a lot more on her. Okay. Um, and then there's that other one with um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. And right. if you just YouTube Griselda Blanco, like You'll find there's things. so much yeah. shit on her. Yeah. It's really good. Like if you're into that shit. Yeah. It's a plus. Well, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably into some of that shit because true crime. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe you're just like, what is that? I'm not into drugs. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too good for drugs, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good job. How do you feel? Thank you. My hands are very sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> but you're done. Yeah. It's just Knees weak, arm spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, mom spaghetti, not arm spaghetti. Arm spaghetti? I thought it was arm spaghetti. It's mom spaghetti. There's vomit on his sweater already. Arm spaghetti. That's what the lyric was. Good lord. Thank God this is her last episode. (laughs) I'll still be great in the next one. Don't you worry. Well, yeah, because you don't have to do much. (laughs) Nope, nope. True that. So, he is risen. By process of elimination. Obviously, dun, dun, I'm dun. next. <laughs> no pressure, next. Kyle, but you're the closer. I know. It's my fault. Close That's okay. Sh- bitch out with a bang. <laughs> Shoot. I know. It better be real good. No pressure. It's fine. <laughs> Considering I don't yeah. know what I'm doing yet. So that's... But that's how I was last... Wasn't that, that's how I was last year? Last what season? Who did you do last... No, because... No, we did Serial Killer, so you knew who you were doing. That's right. What are you saying? I said it's hot as balls, and I said balls are hot. Oh, God. Well, you're not fucking listening to me, so. You're whispering with your hands, like, Well, closed. before I said it straight out loud, hot as balls, he fucking heard me. Oh. She don't listen to me. What? <laughs> oh, nice try. <laughs> Have we told that story on here before? I think we did. Yes. The Disneyland story. Fucking bitch. I'm like, am I invisible? I was like, like did sorry, you say what? something? Did you hear something? Bitch. Oh, man. <laughs> am I dying? All right, well. Um, good job, Janine. You're done for the Thank season. You. We're proud I'm of done. you. You did a, Thank you, you did so amazing, much. sweetie. Yay. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Yeah, and this show notes, I mean, are, are you going to put stuff up? I'm assuming... No, oh hell yeah. yeah no i've got a bunch of shit on this so bitch. um janine has a bunch of shit on this bitch so 
<laughs> Go take a... I'm actually excited for these um, show notes. I'm excited. Like, I was excited about the Ed Gein ones, yeah. too. Yeah. I just love that. I get excited when I remember to save stuff for the show notes when I'm doing research. Because then... See, and I save too much. Oh, you save too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if I just, like, visit a website, I'll, like, save the address. Like, oh, just in case. Yeah. But um, then I eventually, like, start deleting shit. Yeah. But, um, so go check out her show notes on Griselda. And um, that's on our website, truecrimegirls.com. You can... And while you're there, um, buy some shit. Oh, yeah. T-shirts. Buy some shit. Hoodies. Which, by the way, these hoodies are so fucking I know. We've been wanting to... Spencer and I have been wanting to buy another one. But we haven't. (laughs) Did he buy the first one? Okay. So these are way better. So if this one's for you, good job. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, even though it's like literally hot as fucking balls, it's summer. Just buy it. Just, yeah. you know, just cause buy it. just fucking buy go shit. stay at a hotel, crank that AC and just like act yeah. like it's winter. Yeah. And send us a picture while you're doing it. Yes, please. Yeah. I want to see what yeah. you look like in our cute little sweater. Yep, yep. So thank you to everyone who has, you know, purchased stuff. We really appreciate it. Um, Again, like we said, we don't really make anything off of it. it literally just funds our love to be able to do this for you guys. <laughs> so yeah, it helps us out for sure um, and um, allows us to keep doing this. Um, so yeah, buy some shit. Um, and if you ever have like requests for stuff that you want to see, let us know because Please. we might be able to make some of this happen. So let us yeah. know um and so yeah on our website you can do that you can contact us there you can contact us on our social media we're on facebook instagram and twitter we each have our individual instagram accounts um kylie tcg janine tcg and eileen tcg um and yeah, so just go on there and follow us everywhere. Please, like, but just don't follow us. No, anymore. no. Because that would be really weird. Unless you live in Florida, then you can go straight to Florida. <laughs> go to Miami. Yeah, that's fine. Go see what's going on that's, down there. Go do some drugs. That's fine. Yeah. You can go to Miami. Oh, if you're going to do drugs, then follow us home and we'll hang out. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, It'll guys. It'll be a good time. Thank you so much. As per usual. Thank you so much. As Love per you. usual. Per my last yes, email. Yes, per my last email. <laughs> yeah. No, that's if I'm pissed. <laughs> per my last email. <laughs> All right. We love you guys so Love much. ya. No, we don't. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>